definitely a wake-up call. Yeah, let's be honest, we overlooked uh, Ball State. It was almost embarrassing for us. It was almost the most embarrassing loss in the history of Notre Dame football. Now, if you're an Irish fan, you're hoping Notre Dame is respecting their opponent and the process. If the Irish play like they did last week, they won't sneak out with a win today. Vanderbilt is good enough to come into Rock's house and take care of business. So will the Irish be locked in and ready? It's time to break it all down. Live from the Redeemer Radio 95.7 studios in the shadows of the Golden Dome, this is Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. Well, will the real Notre Dame football team please stand up? Two weeks ago, a thrilling 24-17 win over Michigan that had fans thinking the biggest of dreams. And then uh, last week happened, a lackluster 24-16 escape against Ball State. So which team is the real one? The eighth-ranked Irish cap off three straight weeks of home games to open the season this afternoon when they host Vanderbilt at 2.30. Welcome to Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays, Notre Dame FCU, where you bank does matter. We're also presented by Orange Theory Fitness in Granger, voted the best one-hour full-body workout. I'm Angel DiCarlo, joined as always by former St. Joe and Elkhart Memorial football coach Kevin Downey. Kevin, uh, yeah, so what was that last week? <laughs> you know, I'm not sure. I think the overriding theme for getting ready for today would be which... Uh, offense is going to show up for Notre Dame. Uh, you know, as a, I look at it from a couple of perspectives. As a fan, I was crushed. I know they said it was a victory. I know it was a victory, but it was just really uh, painful because my hopes were so high after week one. And then I think back to, like, as a player, unfortunately, as a player, I was a little selfish. So if I had a good game, I'd be pumped and ready for this <laughs> one. If I had a bad game, which – Unfortunately, I think some of our, the guys uh, used it as motivation to get refocused. And then as a coach, uh, I mean, honestly, I'd be worried. Like, what what is my team? What do we do well? And what are we going to be able to uh, do in the future? On tap on this morning's show, we'll break down the Irish quarterback situation after Brandon Wimbush struggled last week. Our focus on faith segment is with the new team chaplain, Father Nate Wills. He's a dynamic personality, really fun guy. You'll enjoy this interview. Around 9.30, we'll be joined in studio live with two-time national champion Notre Dame women's basketball coach Muffin McGraw. Can't wait for that. And, of course, we'll preview today's game against Vanderbilt with our keys to the game and predictions. Let's start with last week against Ball State. Uh, Kevin, you kind of touched on some of the biggest issues, and one of the things I noticed was after the game all week long, it kind of felt like a loss with the way the team was talking, and you would have thought the Irish lost uh, based on the reactions from the players. Kudos to them for their honesty. We heard that in the open, and here's what Captain Sam Mustafer, quarterback Brandon Wimbush, and Irish coach Brian Kelly had to say immediately after the game. Obviously, the win is the most important thing, but clearly we got to go back to the drawing board and execution and being assignment and fundamentally sound. The feeling after this game... It's not a good one. Um, you kind of want you, you want to perform better. Um, you want to win to the Notre Dame standard. Uh, we hold ourselves to a to a high standard, and um, Coach Kelly and the rest of the coaching staff emphasizes that every day. And uh, we clearly didn't play to our standard today. Brandon was asked what the feeling was like after this one, and he said, "Not a good one." Uh, do you feel that's an accurate description of the locker room? 
No, I mean, I'm, listen, I, the first thing I tell them when we come in is, number one, you can never apologize for winning. Winning's hard. Um, so understand that, that first and foremost, you won a football game. But you've got to critique it, right? Did we live up to the standards that we've set and the way that we play? No, I did a poor job preparing you. You've got to bring the energy necessary to play this game. It's not chess, it's football. It requires an energy that may have been lacking. So let's look at why that wasn't there. Other than that, there's plenty to clean up in, in, in a win in game two. I think they're being a little bit too hard on themselves if they, if they talk in those terms. Too hard on themselves or uh, refreshing honesty, Kevin? I, I think it was really, for the young men, for the players, really good uh, that they had the accountability and that they, you know, took ownership and that they're going to be obviously moving forward. And then, you know, as a head coach, you're in charge of everything. And whether you uh, like it, love it, or uh, don't like it, you're going to be responsible to answer for everything. So I did uh, respect, you know, Brian Kelly saying, hey, this is something that I can approach differently and uh, hopefully get different results. Uh, I definitely got to give kudos to Brian Kelly for that. I know in years past uh, he's been criticized. I've criticized him for the way he's maybe thrown players under the bus. He hasn't done that. Uh, and maybe it's because they won, and he's looking at it like, <laughs> hey, we won. It's not the end of the world. We won. Um, but he took it all on himself and said he didn't prepare his team correctly, and, and that's good to see. And he, he continued that. He said it right after the game. He said it Sunday. He said it Tuesday. He said it Thursday. So he said that all week long. Um, with that said, that that was a performance that um, if they do that again today, they're in trouble. And uh, kind of you kind of touched on this before, but what's the most glaring thing for you right now with this team? Well, I, again, it's that offensive consistency um, and – you know, it takes all of them, so the offensive line has to make sure that they're communicating, they, they get their uh, their plays down, their schemes, and there just seemed to be some, some breakdown, I guess, in assignments just from uh, looking at it, you know, from my perspective. I, and then I think it kind of plays into it, like they built this offense around uh, what they do well, right, which was going to be Winbush and running the ball and, and running the ball with running backs. But I think offensive design, I guess, kind of comes into it. You know, uh, they do a lot of reads in the run game, so it's not always as simple as what you think. There's a lot of uh, read options. And then I noticed a couple of run pass options, which against uh, Ball State, they, they chose a pass where maybe, you know, we'll never know, but if he gave the ball instead of threw the ball, uh, he could have had some more success too. And then I think big picture, too, uh, if we're tying in what they do well, their best uh, pass game or favorite route is an overdrag that, you know, you have a receiver cross the field like 20 to 30 yards. That takes time. And time um, with Brandon makes me a little nervous because he does move around. And, uh, you know, in the first game, that was a plus. But in this last one, he was moving backwards. And there's some really uh, big loss yardage plays that I think would hurt them against better competition. Yeah, his uh, rush numbers are significantly down because of the fact that he got sacked so many times. And those are considered uh, lost yards in rushing. And, and speaking of Brandon Wimbush, three interceptions, no way to sugarcoat it. He struggled last week. He was asked after the game how he would grade himself. I mean, I don't give myself a, an A or B. I mean, I'd probably, you know, D, D plus. You can't throw in three interceptions and and win games that, you know, that are going to be vital to the team's success. So, 
I got to be better. I think what we want Brandon Wimbush to do is to continue to lead our offense. Look, Brandon Wimbush wasn't the reason that we were ineffective offensively. I could name um, all the things that I just mentioned. I don't think we coached very well this week. Um, I don't think we – I don't – believe I prepared them the way we should have now that I see the way they played. Um, we didn't protect them at the highest level. Um, there's a lot of things. Now, I get it, right? It, it's it's going to go back to the quarterback and, it's, and, 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 and he gets the scrutiny, but I don't think it got to the point where, hey, let's pull Brandon Wimbush out of this game. It got to the point where, hey, let's execute better. Thoughts on what Coach Kelly had to say there? Well, I think one big stat uh, stands out to me 88 yards lost rushing this year so if you compare that to Vandy they're at 40 um, and again anytime it's a passing situation or a pass play is called and Brandon Winbush gets that pressure so you know a lot on the offensive line or maybe play design but when he reverses field and starts to go back it uh, makes me really nervous <laughs> and I think as an Irish fan um, that that's something that to watch out for you know Man, if we if he can be successful and not give up yardage, it's going to help their whole offense. Our title sponsor for Irish Sports Saturdays is Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. When you open an Elevate membership at Notre Dame FCU, you'll get $50 in your new account and another $50 for an eligible nonprofit like a Catholic high school, a parish, or even Redeemer Radio. You already share our values. Why not share in our benefits? Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. All right, the numbers for Wimbush are ugly. 29 of 53. 54.7% passing. Actually, that number maybe is better than, well, it's definitely better than it was last year, but only one touchdown pass and four interceptions, including three last week. Now, I, we spoke to Miles Boykin this week, and he said, hey, um, we made Wimbush look bad as a receiving core. You know, one ball bounced off of me, was in an interception. We ran a couple wrong routes, was an interception. So he's putting the onus on himself and, and the receiving core a little bit. But no question, um, th this wasn't a good day for Brandon Wimbush. And now the question becomes, should we see Ian Book today? And at one point, would you put Ian Book in the game if Wimbush continues to struggle? I think especially with Kelly's uh, history that there's a chance that we will see him. I guess I'm I'm intrigued by Ian. I think the the Irish faithful are too. You know, when he stepped in and uh, won that bowl game, that's a pretty big exclamation point. You know, even if he's your backup, you, you know that you have confidence in him. And then even when, uh, you know, we went to the early spring or early summer practices, a lot of his teammates have some confidence in him. And, you know, he does things on the practice field that maybe we don't see every day. Here's the problem with this, hey, both quarterbacks are going to play, and in all honesty, Book really hasn't. He's played three plays now. They've all resulted in touchdowns, <laughs> handoffs to, to Jafar Armstrong, so that's unusual. But if both, if everyone's playing well and both quarterbacks play, everyone's cool. Wimbush isn't playing well. Book comes in and plays well, and we talked about confidence being a big thing for Brandon Wimbush. I feel like that'll hurt his confidence them moving to next week and, and the week after that. Definitely. Um, <laughs> he He's a young man that does – Winbush is a young man does a lot with his feet. He does a lot, um, I guess, with his confidence, right, because the ball is in his hands. He needs to make decisions. You know, there's some things, like you said, some of the wide receivers, if the ball hits your hands, hey, you should catch it. That should be the expectation. We don't know uh, just watching it, like if they adjust routes to certain coverages. There's a lot of stuff that kind of goes on that – it's between a lot of them. However, um, 
the end result is what we all see. So we want to make sure that they get some consistency. When do you turn to book today? If you what what situation would Notre Dame be in that you would you'd pull the trigger and put him in? Well, you know, I think. Brandon runs really well, and he seems to do better once you kind of get him kickstarted with some some runs and have him be physical. Yeah, so run run him a lot. You know, don't be worried about. Maybe that was part of it with with Ball State. You know, maybe uh, they didn't want to get him dinged up against a Mac school, but he does better if he gets hit a little bit, which is crazy. But some quarterbacks (laughs) are like that. You know, he's a physical runner, um, and it helps turn on the pass game. But if that happens, um, and you know he doesn't have that spark. I guess I'd be open to Ian just to see what he can do. If you like all things Notre Dame, be sure to stay tuned for Church Life Today coming up right after us on Redeemer Radio. Lenny DiLorenzo of the McGrath Institute for Church Life in Notre Dame speaks with pastoral leaders and scholars from around the country about issues that matter most in church life today. That's next on Redeemer Radio with replays tonight at 6 and Sunday at 10 a.m. and 6 p.m. Time for a timeout. Around 9.30, national champion Notre Dame women's basketball coach Muffin McGraw joins us live in studio. And up next, our Focus on Faith segment. Really fun conversation with the newest chaplain of the Notre Dame football team, Father Nate Wills. You'll enjoy this. Notre Dame FCU's Irish Sports Saturdays is back right after this. We know you like football. So do we. We're TireRack.com, and this is our version of a two-minute drill, except it's only 30 seconds. TireRack.com has an enormous selection of tires. Not sure which ones to buy? Use our tire decision guide to find the right tires for your vehicle and the way you drive. Then get them shipped fast and free on all orders over $50. Shipping is in as little as one day. Free. TireRack.com ships to independent, recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Touchdown! You deserve more from your workout, more than sweating away extra pounds. It should transform you from the inside out with technology to prove you're improving and coaches that give you more tough love. You want more results, more confidence, more community, and more energy. Because the more you do at Orange Theory, the more you get out of life. Orange Theory Fitness. Go to orangetheory.com for a free workout. Welcome back to Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. Angel DiCarlo, Kevin Downey with you. Notre Dame women's basketball coach Muffin McGraw will join us live in studio in about 15 minutes time. Uh, looking forward to that, Kevin, aren't you? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> it's going to be, that should be good. There's no one that celebrated a national championship better than Muffet has, so uh, uh, that should be a very fun conversation. Uh, are you in a market to buy or sell a home? If so, visit SouthBendSteve.com to learn more about real estate agent Steve Bizarro of Cressy and Everett. When my wife and I were looking to buy a home, well, we thought it was going to take forever. Steve made it easy, he wasn't pushy, and he was sure to find us what we want, and we love our house now. That's real estate agent Steve Bizarro of Cressy and Everett. Visit him at SouthBendSteve.com. All right, our Focus on Faith segment. We've talked to a couple of players in the last couple of weeks, Kevin, and now we turn to the newest team chaplain. Uh, it, it, this has been a fun segment to kind of go beyond the curtain, beyond just football. And, uh, you know, Father Nate Wills is the new team chaplain, a congregation of Holy Cross priests, Notre Dame alum, professor in the ACE program, was an associate pastor at St. Joseph Parish uh, a decade ago. And last week was his first week on the job as co Team chaplain with Father Mark Thiesing. A great conversation, including uh, who his favorite football team is. This is a fun one. So uh, let's listen in to our conversation with Father Nate Wills. All right, Father Nate, just uh, kind of take us through last week and what your duties were as, as a new co-team chaplain and how everything went for the first time. 
It was a lot of fun. I uh, really enjoyed being there with the team. We did a couple different things, and I was new to this, so I'm kind of learning <laughs> on the job. And uh, uh, Father Mark Thiesing, the other uh, chaplain for the football team, really walked me through the whole process. Um, the, the big things would be uh, Friday, we have mass with the whole team, and uh, it's really beautiful. We move it actually around campus to different chapels, and the, uh, the students don't have to come, but they all do. Uh, packed, you know, 160 guys into, uh, with, you know, coaches and everything into the chapel. And last week we were at O'Neill Hall, and uh, they're just great. They're, you know, um, you can tell the guys are very serious about their faith. Not all of them are Catholic, about half of uh, the Notre Dame football team is Catholic. And um, but they're very serious about their faith, and um, they're just very, you know, um, dialed in guys. So it was great, though. I, I enjoyed game day last week. I actually walked from the football building over to uh, uh, to the stadium with the guys, and you know, people are there cheering and high five and and <laughs> it was just really, really a lot of fun. And um, I got to be in the locker room with the guys, do a little prayer before um, we always pray. Uh, and our father and then uh, play f- pray for our ladies intercession at the end of uh, or before the game and then after the game and um, yeah it was uh, there was a couple opportunities during the game to actually um, I stand there and like bless the guys as they're coming in and it was really neat some yeah. and one guy missed it and he came back and he kind of looks at me like are you going to do this? <laughs> so I, I gave him a little blessing. Uh, one of your former parishioners uh, from from Ch- St. Joseph Parish here in South Bend, Danny Pinner, was a starting lineman for, for Ball State. Uh, we talked with him last week on the show. Uh, how neat was it for you on your first day as a co-team chaplain to see one of your former parishioners from when he was like, you know, nine, ten years old? Right. Oh, it was so cool. It was so cool. Danny's such a great kid. And, uh, yeah, I really, really admire his family. And uh, uh, he is, you know, just really special. I actually kind of walked by him uh, on the sidelines before game, and they're doing their warm-up, and he's, like, totally in the zone, you know. And um, and he kind of looked up at me, and I waved at him. And, and uh, he came walking over and, uh, you know, gives me a hug. And it was really sweet. Like, what a, what a good kid. Um, and, uh um, yeah, he was so close on that play last game. Yeah, he almost got that touchdown. <laughs> By the way, anyone uh, blaming you for how close the game was Look, uh, being it your was first a win. day? It was a win. <laughs> it was. Uh, I, I, I was. I was very. Uh, I was close to thinking, like, boy, if we don't win this one, this will be a very short-lived you might career. Be, you might be one and done. <laughs> we're, we're speaking with Father Nate Wills, one of the new co-team chaplains for the Notre Dame football team here on Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. Uh, I know you're heavily involved with the ACE program at Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. So for those that don't know, just kind of explain what ACE is and, and what your role there is. Yeah, I'm a faculty member in the Alliance for Catholic Education, or ACE. And um, ACE is awesome. It's uh, a really more than a program. It's it's a movement uh, so in support of Catholic education. I think it's one of the most exciting things. Well, I'm biased, but I think it's the most exciting thing <laughs> that's happening um, at the University of Notre Dame right now that uh, we have all these different programs. We have a program um, that uh, invites teachers to commit their life, recent college graduates to be Catholic school teachers spread throughout the nation at uh, schools that are ne- in need of their help. Um, they live in community, pray together, come together in the summers to to learn how to be great teachers and we kind of deploy them out uh, into uh, into the field to just be uh, inspiring uh, great Catholic leaders and um, I work in the program that actually teaches uh, aspiring Catholic school principals folks who are going to be uh, in the Remick leadership program and um, 
We do all kinds of other work, um, you know, from Latino enrollment, trying to increase that, to working with pastors uh, who have schools and um it's just really exciting. My own work is um, in technology in K-12 schools, and uh, it's just been a whole lot of fun. Great people and an amazing mission. What? Uh, tell us a little about, about who Nate Wills is. Not Nate Wills CSC. I want to know about Nate Wills, maybe kind of your background growing up and, and who you are as, you know, as a person. Sure. Um, I grew up in St. Paul, Minnesota, and uh, I have an older brother and a younger sister. Um, I've gone to Catholic schools my entire life until uh, just m- the, my last experience in grad school was my only time not being in a Catholic school. And um, uh, my folks are still in Minnesota. Everybody's there. Um, and uh, I grew up kind of your your typical Catholic kid and uh, went to um, – uh, my older brother, Nick, wanted, really wanted to come to Notre Dame. And uh, I thought, I want to go anywhere but Notre Dame. That'll be his <laughs> thing. And then I came to visit here, and I was like, oh, this is amazing. So I ended up coming here. I was um, I was discerning the seminary throughout uh, high school. I, I'd really um, – I, I went to um, World Youth Day in 1993 when John Paul II came to Denver. And um, my heart was really moved. I I, uh, I kind of took on my own faith in a deeper way and kind of moved from a, a faith of – you know, being a kid to really um, a, a relationship with Christ and and asking what that meant for my life. Like, where was God calling me, and how can I use my gifts at the service of the church and the world? And uh, I don't know. I kept coming up uh, with you know, well, maybe I should be a priest. And I thought, oh, I don't know, not sure. And uh, and I encountered the old college uh, undergraduate seminary program here at Notre Dame, and it was awesome. The guys were, um, I guess, kind of like me, and they were really uh, really wonderful. To live with in community and um, asking some of the same questions, and I found a great spiritual home there, and uh, came to know and love Holy Cross. Our guest right now on Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays is Father Nate Wills in his first year as co-team chaplain for the Notre Dame football team. So, uh, speaking of Notre Dame football, who is your uh, favorite college football team? Absolutely, without question. Uh, the University of Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> you are a priest. You must uh, tell us. They are absolutely my favorite. So I'm a, I'm a, I'm a triple domer, so, uh, did undergrad seminary and uh, the ACE program and uh, at Notre Dame. And look, all of my brothers are here. Uh, our our cemetery is at Notre Dame. And so I'm, well, I'm, I'm bleed blue and gold. What, what about Wisconsin? Well, I mean, here's the thing. So I, I did my PhD at the University of Wisconsin. I studied education there, and uh, I really do love uh, love Wisconsin. Uh-huh. And it's breaking my heart that we're actually going to play each other in 2020 and 2021 because I, I like I was totally fine uh, cheering for both teams, sort of you know by yeah. themselves because they never played each other. And it was a non. So you're, you're rooting for you're going to root for Wisconsin that day. No way, no way. I'll root for Notre Dame. By the way, you're from Minnesota. You. How are you a Wisconsin? <laughs> I know you had you, a master, but I mean, your Minnesota people can't be happy either. No, in fact, they're not. Um, <laughs> my high school buddies, when I uh, decided to go to the University of Wisconsin uh, for grad school, said, uh, made it very clear to me their exact phrase was better dead than red, referring to the red of uh, Wisconsin. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> little by little, I really uh, I really came to love uh, the Badgers. I lived with this amazing uh 
diocesan priest uh, in, a, in a parish there in uh, Wisconsin. And he's the, the football chaplain for the UW football team, this great guy, Monsignor Mike Burke. Just an outstanding guy, and he really uh, kind of invited me along on a lot of the the, the um, chaplain stuff there. So I got to know the team a little bit, then the coaches a little bit, and uh, to experience just all kinds of it. And uh, I don't know, I kind of that's why they're they're your favorite team. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> fake news. Fake yeah. news. I <laughs> uh, want to wish you and all the members of the congregation of Holy Cross a happy feast day, the Thanks. feast of Our Lady of Sorrows, and. Congratulations to Michiana's own Michael Thomas, who's being ordained a deacon today in Chile. Yeah, it's just wonderful. You know, the church in Chile has really um, suffered deeply recently. And Michael, I think, really wanted to make an effort to um, involve the, the, the people of, uh, you know, of Santiago in his uh, ordination as, as a um, transitional deacon on his way to priesthood this spring. And uh, he's a wonderful guy, deeply involved in um, the Catholic worker here in South Bend. Um, just a great guy, somebody who's just lights up a room with uh, his charisma and is doing so well down in uh, in St. George's, our, our K-12 school in uh, Santiago, Chile. And uh, what a great day, an auspicious day to take his... Uh, uh, to uh, to be ordained a deacon on Our Lady of Sorrows, this this great patroness for the Congregation of Holy Cross. Um, Mary invites us to uh, draw deep deep more uh, more deeply close to her Son through her own uh, wounds and uh, to to lift up our own woundedness to the cross of Christ and to experience the Paschal mystery really through um, her faith and and to see how beautifully faithful she was even amidst. Uh, difficulties in her, in her life. That is Father Nate Wills, the new team chaplain, co-team chaplain for the Notre Dame football team. I don't care what he says. He's a, he's a Wisconsin fan. <laughs> he he towed that line pretty well, though, didn't he? He did. He kept dancing back and forth. but <laughs> uh, Great conversation, and, and we enjoy being able to have the opportunity to kind of go in depth, and I think the team chaplain, and especially at Notre Dame, is a really cool thing that that, that you know, people maybe underestimate the, the value and how cool that is to have someone like that uh, be a part of the, the Fighting Irish football program. Well, definitely. You know, I think it's great, too, because it humanizes a uh, priest. You know, he's a great guy, and yes. he happens to be a priest. Um, we, we have a lot of great people that are in the clergy. And then I think, too, as you said, kind of looking behind the scenes, you know, I've always been a Catholic football coach, even now when my only team are my little kids. But... Um, <laughs> Coaching at a Catholic school or a non-Catholic school, uh, there is a difference, and there's a lot of things that the faith does tie into with the football programs. Hope you enjoyed last night's battle between St. Joe and Central on our Tyrac High School Game of the Week. It was an awesome one. The Indians won 29-27. Next Friday, we'll be on the road with Marion as they take on Bremen in a huge NIC South showdown. Could decide the NIC South division. Notre Dame FCU's tailgate talk gets you started at 6 p.m. with the Tyrac Game of the Week at 7 p.m. every Friday here on Redeemer Radio 95.7 FM. Coming up next, the champ is here. Notre Dame Women's Basketball National Championship coach Muffin McGraw is live in studio with us. Notre Dame FCU's Irish Sports Saturday is back right after this. Auto loans from Notre Dame Federal Credit Union can save you money. Why? Because the whole purpose of a credit union is to save you money. Catholic-inspired credit unions put faith into action. Pope John Paul II called them one of the church's most significant concrete achievements. Now it's easier than ever to be a part of this. All you need is a phone. You already share our values. Why not share in our savings? 
for a better auto loan or refinance from Notre Dame Federal Credit Union, call 844-230-6611. Hey, football fans. This is Steve Pizarro from Cressy Everett Real Estate. If you're considering buying or selling your home, then listen up and visit southbendsteve.com. Just like in football, the excellence is in the execution. So forget the stress of buying or selling a home and call me today at 574-229-4040. That's 229-4040. So remember, Steve Bizarro, your Michiana real estate expert, and visit southbendsteve.com. Welcome back to Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. Angel DiCarlo, Kevin Downey with you. If you're going to today's Notre Dame football game or any of the remaining home games this season, you may want to check out the Duncan First Floor Game Day Club. It's a new in-game hospitality experience happening every Notre Dame football home game, complete with beer, wine, and live entertainment. You hear that? Beer and wine during the game available by being a part of the Game Day Club. For more information and to purchase, visit venue.nd. Edu. All right, exciting segment now because the champ is here. Notre Dame women's basketball coach, two-time national championship coach, Muffin McGraw is with us. And uh, Coach, uh, if if anyone's ever celebrated a championship better than you have, I'd like to meet them. Uh, you've soaked in every single moment of the last five months, haven't you? I really have, and I am enjoying myself immensely. We've been treated to so many wonderful things. Uh, I've just I've enjoyed it. But I have to say, going to Wrigley was at the top of the list. That was amazing. Sing and take me out to the ball game, a little off-key, but we, we got through it with all the right words. Just like the Harry Carey, right? <laughs> well, that was always off-key too, right? Uh, I, mean, I mean, all the things you've gotten to do, um, you go to Wrigley, you, you, you went to the White Sox, you did the South Bend Cubs, you guys did your Italy trip, which was uh, your great thing for over the summer you had the traveling trophy tour all over town I mean you, you've you've been everywhere yeah we have we have last week we walked around the tailgates with the trophy to take it to a couple of, of places and we're, we're just we're having a blast I mean it was such an amazing season incredibly hard incredibly difficult during the year to go through all of that but to come out at the end as a champion and just to watch the girls the reaction their faces the joy the celebrations uh, just don't want it to end yeah and with that you know, every season has some adversity, but your uh, injuries and, and just how your team came together and new people would step up. Can you take us into that a little bit? Because it was amazing. Uh, it really was, Kevin. I'll tell you, it, it was every single day you wondered what was going to go wrong. I, I think, I don't know if that's a Catholic school thing. You're, you're always waiting for the other <laughs> shoe to drop. You know, it can't be good all the time. Um, and, you know, you have one injury, Brianna Turner not coming back. And then, so you go, okay, we, we'll, we'll be okay. And then... Arguably your best player. Definitely the best player. And then you uh, you watch Michaela Vaughn go down, who was Brianna Turner in training and doing all the things that Bree could do. You, then you get Jessica Shepard back, so you think, okay, we'll, you know, we trade one for one. But then, I mean, then the just the wheels started falling off. And when you lose your best defensive player, the backup point guard, and then you lose Lily Thompson, who was going to be the point. She was the starting point guard. Um, it, it's such an important position. But it wasn't just that. It was Catherine Westbell getting elbowed in the eye, and she can't play because she can't see. And Jackie Young breaking her nose. And somebody gets, you know, another ankle, just some small injuries. But somehow we weathered it all. 
Did you have to suit up and practice? <laughs> My whole staff did, but not me. I was definitely in the reserve line. Uh, something that's undervalued in your practices that don't get talked about much is your practice squad. Um, it's it's a group of guys that comes in and, and gives you guys some work. Can you talk about them and how important they are, especially last year when obviously you could not field uh, another another team to go against your starting five? It's they are amazing what they do, what they put up with, and we cannot give them really anything. You can't give them any money. You can't give them food. You you really can't hardly give them anything, except a pair of sneakers and some practice clothes. So they are so important to us because they're first of all they're really talented. They beat us pretty much every day. Uh, we've got some big guys, and depending on who we're playing, uh, they have a, the scouting team. You know, today you're left-handed. Today you're only shooting threes, and you know you're in the post. <laughs> but you got to dribble every time you get it. And these guys are great. They do whatever we ask of them and we had about 17 last year I mean, wow. we had a huge group of course they couldn't all come every day with their class schedules but they'd come at 7 a.m practices 6 a.m practices they'd come on saturdays before a football game that was the toughest one to get them out <laughs> on saturdays before the game uh but i'll tell you i don't know what we do without them and when we didn't have them over christmas because again we're not allowed to pay for them to stay we we really that's that's when we we kind of went downhill. You know, we had that huge loss at Louisville. We, we were basically having a walkthrough practice, suited up our manager, you know, just to <laughs> – Neil Ivy's out there playing, and uh, it, it, was, it was really rough for a while. I mean, you mentioned the Louisville loss, and I, I think the turning point of the season, we'll all agree, is that Tennessee game when you guys were down big at home and then all of a sudden you come back. But if I told you at the Louisville loss that you guys were going to win the national championship, <laughs> I, I think – crazy would be beyond that would be an understatement probably you were probably just hoping to make it to the sweet 16 at that point i i, I thought we we're in the nit at that point <laughs> well now sure. we're now yeah. we're getting crazy but <laughs> we did you know I, I kept thinking you know we haven't beaten a good team since we're down to seven players yeah. and i know how the ncaa tournament committee works you, you've got to have the big wins you've got to have your resume and we really we didn't beat any ranked teams all of our good wins were with a different team so we were waiting for for that resume to start building up and uh, i mean i'm definitely the catastrophe around every corner i mean i am uh, i'm in the lou holt school of everybody can beat us and we're not very good today so it uh it definitely i would have been shocked and you know i was that was the worst loss ever but we we've had some bad games during the season we were at penn uh got back home to philly all my friends and family are there and uh we played awful and it was our second lowest point total of the season and those people in the stands were quite surprised to see us win the national championship. It was kind of like a Notre Dame Ball State last week on yeah. the football field, perhaps. Yeah. <laughs> Notre Dame women's basketball <laughs> coach Muffin McGraw joining us here on Notre Dame FCU's Irish Sports Saturdays. Go ahead, Kevin. Uh, Muffin, I think one of the neatest things for me, uh, well, I guess two things. Number one, uh, as a coach, your longevity to be, you know, that was always one of my dreams, which ironically I'm not doing now, but <laughs> to go to one school, stay for a long time, you know, have a lot of success and really have those deep roots. Um, but obviously Notre Dame's a special place. Um, what do you attribute, I guess, your longevity and, and obviously now your love for Notre Dame and the community? You know, I'm just so blessed uh, to be able to be at Notre Dame. Uh, I feel like I'm the luckiest person in the world. I live in my dream every single day. I still get excited walking across campus and seeing the Golden Dome. Um, you know, when the band comes marching through, that's it for me. I, I love the band. And I think it's it's unique now. I think you're going to see less and less of this with people staying at one place, even in a job. Uh, people just don't stay at the same job for a long time. But I've been fortunate to work with some tremendous leaders with Father Jenkins, came in with Father Malloy, uh, Jack Swarbick. 
Kevin White, Dick Rosenthal. There's been so many. I've I've had quite a few athletic directors, and uh, it's it's just something you have to kind of reinvent yourself. Though I mean, you can't be the same person you were when you started. When when Bobby Knight was the coach in Indiana <laughs> that everybody looked at and respected. <laughs> Um, you know, that's how every coach was back in the day. But this generation, uh, you can't coach them that way. So I had to constantly reinvent myself. One year ago, a little bit more than a week ago, you went into the Naismith Hall of Fame. You really decided to prove those guys right, didn't you? Last <laughs> yeah, it took a long time to get there. <laughs> 888 career wins starting at Lehigh, and then, uh, of course, the 800th win at Notre Dame happens to be the national championship. So how awesome is that? All right, let's let's go to Final Four weekend. Let's go to Columbus. Um, you're, you're going up against UConn, and here we go again. The same old talk. Can you guys beat UConn? Can you beat UConn? And um, you knew it was an uphill battle, and it was during the game. And then all of a sudden, something clicked. What clicked? You know, this this was a team of fighters. This is the first and only team I've ever had that really was comfortable coming from behind. You know, every team I've had, we get up a couple points with a few minutes left in the game. We were going to win. Give the ball to Lindsey Allen. The, the game was over. So for us, coming from behind became, that's the thing with this team. Uh, they couldn't handle a lead. You know, we, we almost played better when we were behind. <laughs> I didn't really care for that myself. <laughs> a little nerve-wracking on that the coach. That was not well, how I wanted it to go, but uh, but that was the good thing. So we came from behind in so many other games that, you know, when you get behind, you just think, hey, you know, that's nothing. We know we can come back. So we go into the Connecticut game, and actually we started out really well. We're winning in the first quarter, and I'm thinking, dang, this is it. We are, we are looking good. Because, you know, we've only beaten them in the semifinal. Final. You know, yeah. we've never beaten them in a final. So that was that was definitely on our side. And, um, you know, we had our normal second quarter breakdown and got got behind, came back up five with 22 seconds to go. Like the game is over. That game was over. And um, just somehow we, we gave it away, gave up a three, gave up a two in, in 22 seconds. Not only did they tie the game, they had a chance to win it. So demoralizing at that timeout between the overtime and regular. Did you think that was it? You know, I, I, I kind of felt like I cannot give in and, and strangle them right now. <laughs> I've got to, I can't. I've got to wait till after the game to just tell them how bad that was so you know we just we moved on and that was important because at that point you're like we're in the final four how the heck did we even get here you know we're we're overachieving to get here so you know let's let's just leave it all out there and uh jackie young boy she just she took over the game and that was amazing to set up the heroics for the end of the game and we haven't mentioned we've been talking to you for seven eight minutes now and we have not mentioned the name arike agumbale uh (laughs) How ridiculous! Let we'll we'll talk about the national championship in a second. But how ridiculous was just the shot to win it against UConn? You know, she is fearless. You know, you've seen her play so many times. Um, she doesn't let anything bother her. Doesn't matter if she's missed the last ten shots, and I think she she might have in that game. Uh, she was really not playing that well, not shooting that well. But at the end of regulation, I looked at her face in the huddle and. She was mad that she didn't have the ball in her hands. So I knew at that moment I was going to give it to her if we had a chance at the end of the game. So, you know, we had a lot of time, 17 seconds. She gets the ball. We're trying to run pick and roll. She did it, executed perfectly. And what kid doesn't dream about that every day outside shooting hoops and just thinking you're going to have a game-winning shot? But on that stage, what a remarkable shot. And then she doesn't do it once. Yeah. She does it twice, and she does it to win the national championship two days later against Mississippi State with .1 seconds left, hitting a three at the buzzer. I mean, this she will go down 
as one of the most clutch players in the history of sports, really. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's never been done before, and certainly not twice on yeah. that stage, uh, to see that much excitement. And I know this Final Four definitely is going to go down as the best ever. And I know we're all biased. We but are not biased slightly, at all. But, <laughs> <laughs> but still, it was. It, it was, was. How can you – that was unbelievable. Yeah. And so many people across the country who aren't even huge women's basketball fans – just thought it was amazing to see the end of that game and and to see somebody do it twice i mean uh, just it's astounding and then obviously uh you look now and you got to start planning for the season I, i'm just wondering ha- have you been planning for this season <laughs> or have you been soaking in every i know you have <laughs> yeah but how much have you been soaking in the championship as much as possible until you you possibly can and then maybe even take it a little further and before you're actually like all right all right I got to start worrying about November yeah. 9th. Well, you know, it's funny. We had we practiced this summer because we went on a foreign tour. Yeah. So the NCAA gives you 10 practices. And, you know, about the eighth practice, we felt like, God, is it February? I mean, we feel like we're <laughs> already so back into the season. And, um, you know, we kind of dialed it back a little bit and, and thought we, we really need to make this a little more fun. I mean, we are going to Rome and Croatia. We, we should mm-hmm. enjoy ourselves while we're over there. Uh, but we got into the games and back on the sideline. It didn't take me too long to get back into game form and not be <laughs> happy with absolutely anything that was going on out there. Well, it, and again, you talked about it. It's a year year round process. So mm-hmm. I'm always interested in the part I loved about coaching was the being in charge of the practices. So is there things that you did? You know, you mentioned the break, like things that I never thought of where your practice players weren't there. What kinds of things do you do to vary uh, practice, maybe to keep it fresh or to uh, change it up, either dial up the intensity or kind of scale it back so that the, the girls are fresh and ready to play? I have to say, I love practice. That yeah. is absolutely my favorite part of coaching. I, I just, I love it. I love getting into the gym every day with them. I love just drawing stuff up on a napkin and, you know, watching something on TV and drotting it down and then trying to put it in and, yep. uh, you know, hoping that it comes to fruition. It usually doesn't. But it, I like to mix things up. I like to keep it fresh. Um, I'm very efficient. We don't practice very long. We practice about an hour and a half. Uh, we're intense. We get things done. Everything has a goal. There's time on the clock or there's a score. Mm-hmm. Um, everything is competitive. Uh, we try to mix up the team so it's even more competitive. Um, and, and it is. We, we, you know, we break things down. We work on exactly what we're going to do in a game. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really big on any drill that we do. It's got to be this is how it's going to be in the game. And there's a lot of times we'll watch film and say, we, we just did that defensive drill at practice. Yes. And, <laughs> you know, we didn't do it exactly the same way. Um, but it's, yeah, it's, it's definitely a challenge. I think these kids, they, they make a lot of sacrifices. It's a, it's a hard work for them. Well, and you said, too, changing over time. So, like, this generation, uh, they're, they're really in tune with technology, and you have to be – hate to say it but entertaining you have to hold their attention some way so i'm sure that um you know being able to touch them and to reach them and to teach them when they are uh, ready to learn is really huge you know this generation needs the buy-in they need to have an opinion this is not this is what we're going to do and you know mm-hmm. this is because i said so this is a generation that wants to know why they want to know why it's important and i give them a lot of room to discuss things i value their opinion we collaborate tremendously with them in what we're doing especially the older ones mm-hmm. um definitely not the freshmen as much but we talk about here's what here's what we're doing in the scouting report we got a two three we have a one two two we 
have a one three one. We got a triangle and two. We got the box. What did you feel like today, you guys? What did you really like? So when they say I like the two three zone, and then we play the two three zone, you know, it was by. kind of their idea. Yeah. And you know they make the team rules, they set the team goals. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's there's just a lot of back and forth. My my former players will come back and say, first of all, you're so soft because they're not. <laughs> we in never that did rhyme. it that way. <laughs> <laughs> and wait a minute, you're listening to their opinion, you know. Um, so I think I think it's great though. I I love the way this generation thinks, but it's uh, it's got to be important to them. All right, uh, Notre Dame women's basketball coach Muffin McGraw joining us. Coach, November 9th, they open up the season uh, at home against Harvard. That'll feature St. Joe alum Madeline Rasner. She's a captain for Harvard, so that would be really neat. But that'll be the night yeah. the the banner comes down, and I know you always spent every pregame staring up at what you always called the lonely banner. Yeah. Is it going to be weird to see another one uh, up it's there? It's going to be great to see another one up there. And that, that game is at 4 o'clock in the afternoon because it's a football weekend and there's a volleyball game. So I'm not sure we're going to drop the banner then because okay. I'm not sure if the crowd – you know, we'll be able to get there for four o'clock. So we might do it Monday night against Penn. We've so got you actually laugh opening. as you only see I, the I, one band. Yeah. So now I'll be like, you're going to have company. <laughs> you got a little sister coming. And then finally, Cat uh, Westbelt is gone, but you get Brianna Turner back and Michaela Vaughn back. Um, uh, this team could be better than last year's. You know, they, they could be, but I, I have to say all of the fans out there know how much we're going to miss Catherine and yes. Coco. Those two were such important players for us. You got that player that's the glue of the team. You, you can't win without the guy that's doing the little things and not worrying about scoring. Um, Brianna Turner, a great scorer. She's going to give us so much. Um, but who's going to be that facilitator that's going to keep us together? Coach, thank you very much for joining us, and uh, best of luck all season. And enjoy the celebration a little longer, <laughs> Thanks, <boy>. Angelo. <laughs> that is Notre Dame women's basketball coach Muffin McGraw. We'll take a timeout, break down the matchup with Vanderbilt. And have our game predictions. Notre Dame FCU's Irish Sports Saturdays is back right after this. What happens on the Kyle Hyman Show? Ooh, uh, good question. Good question. Good question. That's a really good question. That's a very good question. That's a great question. Great question. Yeah, you're onto something there, Kyle. Oh boy, <laughs> that's a great question. That's a great question. Uh, what a great question. That's a great question. Great question. Great, great question, Kyle. Wonderful, wonderful question. That's probably one of the most challenging questions. Again, excellent question. Kyle, you stumped me. Um... I forgot what the question was. Find out weekdays from 7 to 8 a.m. Nicholas J. Salon and Spa on Eddy Street Commons, the ultimate salon experience. Whether it's a basic men's haircut, an everyday women's cut and color, a spa afternoon, or your wedding day, Nicholas J. Salon believes total beauty is within us all. Call Nicholas J. and Aveda Concept Salon today at 574 233 0700 or visit them on Eddie Street Commons. We got what we needed this week and as I said Angela a lot of that I, I didn't uh, I didn't do a very good job and uh, we we got the the kind of uh, practice preparation that I feel comfortable with um, going into this game. They do what I ask them to do and and I, I didn't give them great direction last week. So um, they've done what I've asked them to do. They're prepared to play Vanderbilt, and uh, they'll, they'll play hard. Notre Dame head coach Brian Kelly on Thursday after his team's week of practice said it was a good one. I'm not sure he would tell us it was bad, but uh, nevertheless says he gets set to face Vanderbilt. 2.30 kickoff at Notre Dame Stadium this afternoon. Kevin, uh, after what, what happened last week, you expect the Irish to be ready to go today? 
Yeah, definitely. I think that they're going to have to clean up some things, obviously, with their intensity and execution and maybe even some communication that we don't know about. All right, uh, run game issues. Where do you pin this? Is it is this on the running backs, on the offensive line, on the play calling, on Wimbush? Where, where, where do you kind of pin what is obviously being not a very successful run game so far? From the outside looking in, I think everybody has a little bit of uh, responsibility. And I think that they, you know, in their own way, each position group did address it and, um, you know, took ownership of it. I think, though, this game against Vandy, kind of leading into the next segment, it's the Vandy defense d- shows a lot of two high safeties. So they should have the numbers uh, in the box to run. So maybe it'll be more advantageous to uh, call the running plays and to get the quarterback running as well. Irish run game, 2.83 yards per carry so far. That ranks 120th in 1A. Teams ranked below them are just 3-17 and 17 this season. Uh, courtesy of Pete Sampson of The Athletic on that stat. Notre Dame ranked third nationally, oh, by the way, last year in yards per carry at 6.25. Um, do you think they'll be able to – you think they'll get the run game going today? I think that they have to make a concerted effort. It has to be something that they want to do. A run game really is imposing your will, and it may be frustrating. You may have to run it, run it, run it, and not gain as much, but eventually you'll wear them down. Vandy quarterback Kyle Shermer, son of Giants head coach Pat Shermer, 30 career starts. Irish secondary of Nick Coleman, Aloe Gilman, and Julian Love. I'm facing a quarterback with that kind of experience. He can throw the ball. He can he can he can throw the deep ball. And he's got he's got a good touch. The biggest thing I seen was he's calm. He's calm in the pocket. He uh, doesn't feel flustered as much in the pocket. He takes on pressure really well. Uh, he makes the throws needed. And uh, He's a good arm. Amount of defenses of uh, he's played, um, n- number of reps he's taken. Um, you know his dad's a coach. We know that he knows the game of football, and he knows that you know the simple things won't get him off guard. We gotta really be on our assignments. We really gotta do our jobs and really execute the game plan to get him off balance. We have not talked about the Notre Dame defense because they haven't been an issue. Uh, they've been the strength of this team. Uh, but obviously you go against a quarterback with 30 career starts. That's that's not an easy task. No, he's SEC tested, uh, son of an NFL coach. And, you know, they do a lot of stuff to help him too. So they do running back by committee this year. They have a lot of guys that can carry the load. They do a lot of formations with multiple tight ends. I know that they have one that is um, getting a lot of accolades, but they use uh, two, three different tight ends and they come at you and then I think last two you know he has some players around him um I would really look out for number 16 uh Lipscomb he's an explosive player he's a wide receiver and he really can do some stuff we're presented by Orange Theory Fitness, voted the best one-hour full-body workout in the country. I've been going to Orange Theory for six weeks now. A lot of fun. You get the experience of a group workout while also getting personal attention from a great trainer if you need it. Great competitive spirit at Orange Theory, located at Heritage Square in Granger. Your first workout is free. All right, uh, what concerns you most if you're Brian Kelly today? Which Notre Dame offense will show up? They have to get ND or it has to be, have some offensive consistency. See, we didn't plan this ahead of time. I go with which Brandon Wimbush shows up today. So <laughs> we're on similar lines here. All right, what concerns you most if you're Vandy coach Derek Mason? Uh, which Notre Dame offense will show up? <laughs> no, in all honesty, I mean, it's such a question mark. But I'd say that the uh, Notre Dame red zone defense is really strong, and that's really where they kind of tighten up. They talked about bend but don't break, but they also make a lot of plays down there. 
If I'm Derek Mason, I guess I'm wondering if my defense can hold up against bigger competition. I know Notre Dame's offense hasn't been good this year, but they're not Nevada or Middle Tennessee State, so bigger competition. Vandy did give up 43.3 points per game in SEC play last year, um, but this year they've only given up 8.5 points per game. A lot of tackles for loss, 16 tackles for loss so far this year for Vandy. Uh, That doesn't bode well for (laughs) Notre Dame's run game. All right, keys to the game, what do you got? Again, I think we've got to take it back and keep it simple. What Notre Dame offense will show up? I think that that's going to answer if they win or lose. All right, I'm going to say offensive line needs to bring it. Uh, ND must establish the run game, as you've talked about, Kevin. If Notre Dame does not establish the running game, they're they're going to be in, in, in a tough position here today. All right, let's go with our game predictions. What do you got? Notre Dame 34 and Vanderbilt 27. Notre Dame win. All right, so you got it. You got some points on the board in this one. You- <laughs> I know a lot of defense. That's the only proven thing. But you know, it's a it's a big day. I think that they're going to both surprise uh, with some big plays. All right, I'm going to go with uh, Notre Dame 20, Vanderbilt 13. So that means the Irish will fail to uh, to cover the spread yet again. I think it's 13 and a half. That feel a little high to you. Yeah. <laughs> they usually know what they're talking about, but that one, that exactly. one feels high. No, definitely. I, I mean, it's weird because we've talked a lot about their defenses and how that's consistent, but I, I do. I just think that it's going to be on a, uh, a big stage. And, again, Vandy's used to SEC football. They're not going to be intimidated by the Notre Dame experience. Um, but it's going to be a great game, great matchup. And a reminder, kickoff at 2.30 today. Um, And, of course, you can watch the game on NBC. And that'll do it for Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays, Notre Dame FCU, where Eubank does matter. Our show also presented today by Orange Theory Fitness in Granger, voted the best one-hour full-body workout. Thanks to our audio operator today, Jeremy Pete. Be sure to check out the 957 Sports Twitter and Redeemer Radio 957 Sports Facebook accounts for updates and posts from tonight's game or today's game. You can also follow me on Twitter at AnjDeCar. If you're looking for a last-second parking spot, consider parking at Weikert. Jim Dunphy Realtors parking lot across from Martins at 23 in Ironwood. The cost is 10 bucks, and all the money raised goes to Christ Child Society of South Bend. For Kevin Downey, I'm Angel DiCarlo. Notre Dame and Vandy will kick off at 2.30 p.m. today. Now, we heard from the newest team chaplain, Father Nate Wills, earlier in the show in our Focus on Faith segment. Now, let's uh, take you to the veteran of the group. Father Mark Thiesing for our closing prayer. This is Father Mark Thiesing, chaplain for the Notre Dame Fighting Irish football team. Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Our Lady of Victory, pray for us. Go Irish! This has been a presentation of Redeemer Radio Sports. Thanks for joining us for Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. Enjoy today's game.